Hello everybody and welcome to Football Gentron, the one and only English podcast for Armenian football. And I'm not your host, Adam, as you might tell by the voice, by the elegant voice. I'm Armin, and I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, what happened, Adam? I got eye surgery. <laughs> That's what happened. Okay, anyway. So basically, the last thing you saw was the was, Armenian. Yeah, so was the Armenian, uh, un- unfortunately. Oof, that's gonna hurt. It does. We'll Ouch. talk about that later, though. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of things to dissect and a lot of topics to get into. Um, first things first, challenge, why don't you run us through the APL and the positions, the table? Because it's almost halfway through the season, and there's already a lot of interesting things. Yeah, we're somewhat into the halfway into the season. We've got a lot of action. A lot. Uh, just before this episode, we're already discussing it. Aram was discussing about it, and we we could potentially see a very uh, tight um, ending to the season. Mm-hmm. Ararat Armenia are on a very good streak, no losses at all. The race they're, the top. they're top with 22 points on top of the table with Ararat Yerevan right behind them uh, with 18 points, so four point difference. They've got Punic behind them in the third place with 15 points. Again, third three points difference, not big, not much a uh, big of a gap. Then Sevan, Noah, Urardu, Noravank, Van, and ninth place Alashker, the Conference League team. Yeah, someone's laughing. And uh, Bukma uh, at the bottom of the table. I legit feel bad for the boys at Bukma. No points whatsoever. Yeah. Last yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad for them. Sense. I don't. They they gotta earn. They have to earn their points. Yeah. Then. That does. Yeah, but it's sense. like a team structure, which is not like you know, Ararat, a, uh, Armenia, let's say. Yeah, but I also found it weird that they they were able um, they were able to sign players. I don't know if you guys noticed. I think it was mm-hmm. was it what, Garaginian? Um, Ishkanian? Ishkanian and Yuri Garaginian. Yeah. And Yuri Garaginian was signed for that, which I, I think. I think that is stupid, but whatever. I digress. I don't want to no, get into it. No, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, strange. Uh, maybe maybe not the best signing, in, especially Garikinian, because uh, there are lots of uh, attacking players, attacking midfielders that could have bolstered big time. Uh, not that he's bad, but they're way better in Armenian. Uh, Ishkhanian, though, it's a great signing for Bukma, mostly... Uh, such an experienced center back. Uh, a, a couple other interesting points I got to think about. Um, Alashkert, of course. No one expects anything from them by now, uh, be it domestically as well as continentally. Uh, interesting to see Punic uh, kind of appear in top three positions, isn't it? All of a sudden, kind of. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, every single time I watch any of Punic's games, they never impress me, like ever. Exactly. Um, That's I, why I, uh, they just they they seem to be like I think the embodiment of of like what is everything good and bad of Armenian football. That's how I see Punic because they their style of play is very pleasing on the eye. It's 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 nice to see. 
and they have very good technical players, but it feels like they, whenever they get into the final third, they're like headless chickens. Like they just don't know. They they just run around <laughs> and then they lose the ball. I don't know. That's that's my that's well, my uh, my quick analysis. You just summed up. You just summed up Armenian football in a nutshell. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, another very interesting game, in my opinion, uh, and perhaps the game of the of the game week. Well, after of course the Ararat Derby for the top of the table. Second best game for me was underrated. Noah beating seven two one and breaking through that kind of fortress in the lake that seven FC had uh, created and built with a wonderful show from Noah FC ran mostly kind of like uh, a puppeteer by former Sporting Braga Academy maestro in Portugal, uh, Sarki Shahinian, a great player kind of a creative midfielder that has been has gone all under the radar for a long time and I personally like very much how he plays he is a great talent for Armenian football and he had been stopped for most of the season season so far and now he ran the show for Noah breaking Sevan's fortress which is no small feat and uh, that led to Noah beating them and reducing kind of the distance between Noah and Seven. Uh, as a side note, I actually want to highlight, you know, uh, this insane breakthrough from Uratu Academy goalkeeper Grigori Matevosian. I don't know if you guys have heard about this kid. Mm-hmm. He's number 99. He's the goalkeeper for Noah. Uh, I've mm-hmm. watched him play a few times this season, not that much, maybe two or three games. And I watched him save a penalty. I watched him give away a penalty mm-hmm. and then immediately <laughs> save a penalty. So, no, he looks really um, – he's a surprise. He's a under-the-radar – A breakthrough, yeah. A breakthrough. He's, he's – I think I think he's a, a player that no one saw coming. I think it's exactly. kind of impossible to say. Exactly. You know, in a good way, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It usually happens the other way around for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually – a great change of uh, of settings and yes. a very welcome change because mm-hmm. this 22 year old kid from Urartu Academy side 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 note wow bro Urartu Academy just doesn't stop giving and giving mm-hmm. great players great talent storming in football we need more of it not just Urartu yeah, we oh, need more of it oh, yeah yeah oh we got two academies two big academies uh, Urartu and Bukma so Urartu, though, makes them, like, gets them ready for the breakthrough. Pokemon is kind of formation, you know, uh, under 21. Urartu takes them a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And basically, Grigori Matevosian is a, <laughs> the perfect example. As you, Adam, said, uh, he's only, you know, he only started playing last month after uh, Noah bought him from Urartu halfway through the year. Only started playing last month and Played five games so far for Noah first team. Mm-hmm. Noah won three of those five games and are now fighting for European spots. No, I'm not saying thanks to him, but kind of because he saved two penalty kicks in yep. very important and very close games. Yep. But yeah, we have to move on to another kind of 
not strictly football related news because former league uh, champion in France and Newcastle United striker your uh, Frenchman Joan Lufran unfortunately retired from international football professional football I'm sorry uh, due to undisclosed family issues what that means uh, the French star had been playing for Armenia for the last year and a half led the team to yet another APL title, became captain of the team, and most importantly, notably raised the bar for Armenian football as a whole and the APL in every single aspect. I was so shocked in a good way when he Ararat Armenia signed him. And after almost 20 months, we're going to see him leave. This is obviously a heavy moral moral blow psychological blow to fcaa right before they were against uh they were to play against ararat yerevan for the top of the table the clash of the ararats how do you deal with with such news if you're if you're fcaa um that's a good question and i think it just comes down to leadership in the locker room it's you know, that's kind of what he was also brought in for, not only for his footballing talents, but kind of someone who everyone knew about, you know, like the name, the pedigree. Yeah. And and I'm sure Adarat Armenia has the leadership in the locker room to be able to, you know, step up oh, and definitely. step into that role. I, I'm not sure who it's going to be, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but, you know looking at the personnel that Adara Armenia have on their team. They have such a very, they have a very good team. And I don't see this um, causing too much of a hiccup in their road to what seems like an inevitable title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And uh, uh, two things I want to say, uh, but before that challenge, anything to add uh, regarding Johan and, and this whole news? Regarding Noan, it's it's tough to deal with it. We saw uh, before um, with uh, Alashkert's manager dealing with these kind of things, yeah. uh, you know, going away for family issues. These things happen and it's outside football. You got to accept it. But uh, in terms of Johan's um, contribution to football, it's mm. it was amazing to have him. And... It not it, it, that sentence should not stay just as it was, but possible future uh, management maybe his role would be uh, much appreciated. Now that we're going into Europe, his kind of That's intelligence nice is kind of for sure. He's, he's kind of he's kind of like a role model. You guys said, but it, it's not just only in the yeah. locker room. You know, he, you could you could use you could use his uh, support, his help. Uh, mm-hmm. In any kind of way in football, in the future he could come back and if be, since he's very uh, appreciated, as we see on social media, uh, he could come back and help any team, especially yeah. Arad Armenia. Yeah, I think he was pleasantly yeah. surprised by by being in Armenia. I, I don't. I think it wasn't what he expected oh, yeah, he was. at all. At all. <laughs> Most times it's actually like that, you know, when big stars kind of like Gufran and Caparros and, and anyone that goes and works in Armenia, they are pleasantly surprised. And, and you know, that actually got me thinking. It shouldn't be like 
too long before a similar star, like a star of such magnitude, yeah. could land in Armenia. When? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a matter of time. Um, I don't maybe not in the next two years, but again, if we start seeing more regular European play, for example, Adara Armenia, who I think I speak on behalf of all of us when I say we would love to see Adara Armenia in the Conference League because they're they're mm-hmm. honestly a good team. Um, way better than Alaska. Way better than Alaska. I think I think if you were to put this current Adara Armenia team in Alaska's Conference League group, I think you would say they have a very good chance of making it. Yeah, out. much closer, much closer. And before moving on to that, yeah, we don't want to uh, forget, of course, to wish Johan and his family all the best. Hope everything gets better soon. Uh, not that our wishes matter, but that this is genuine. And most of all, we want to thank him on behalf of every like sensible Armenian football fan, because yeah. his contribution for Armenian football history has not gone unnoticed. But yeah, on to more cheerful and strictly football news now. You mentioned Alashkert Aram, Jesus Christ, uh, Armenian national team disappointment 2.0 in a way. This Alashkert side, they as we talked about, they barely snatched a 1-1 draw last minute. Uh, we're not gonna go over the the goals, of course. Uh, against a pretty pale, as Adam said, pretty pale and pretty somber-looking Punic. That is actually third place Punic, looking like that, you know. Uh, so imagine Alashkert having played mostly starters against a pale Punic, barely getting a draw last minute. They are about to host Conference League Group A leaders Lask from Austria. They are leading the group alongside Maccabi Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things are not looking good at all, are they? Yeah. Um, I, I don't... It's just like we said, I, we had... <laughs> our expectations were already low, but man, like, they just keep knocking it down even further. Why. Yeah. It, like, the, again, like, we, we already talked about the match against HJK. Like, any half... Decent team would have won that game. Adara Armenia, I think, would at, have at demolished HJK. I don't think that match because would have been H- close. Exactly, because HJK is a Finnish team, and and that's as such, the they are comfortable around a very specific type of weather. And Armenia in uh, during the fall would have been the perfect opportunity to get, even if a point, it was the best opportunity Alashkert had to get anything out of yeah. the group. And they they miserably failed. And I think, you know what I think? Uh, I think they still can't find a, a, a way to deal with losing David Davidian, their star player, and coach Alexander Gigorian. Um, because let's be real, David Yan is what made the difference for them uh, basically yes. becoming the APL champions last, last season. I just, 
I just think they're they're. I mean, they, there's a systematic there's systematic failures. Yeah, there's on that's, that's It's true. not just that. It's there's their their product on the pitch is a byproduct of poor management, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Poor club management from the ownership. Um, poor per, poor you know sporting decisions. Uh, and yeah. it just seems like they're just repeating themselves. Like, for example, they just signed a former, uh, was it Zenit youth central defender who is our, who is Armenian, who was called Gujian, up to under, yeah, Gujian, who is got called up to the Armenian under 21 team, but he were, he reportedly didn't play because they couldn't get the, um, the citizenship issue settled in time. Uh, but he's apparently supposed to be very good. Um, and and I remember thinking when I read that statement. That, well, they got they actually got Levon Bayramian as well from Rostov. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, that's not that. So so this is so my point being that it's a shame that these are young Armenians are choosing to go to this club because this club isn't going to play them. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's exactly. not it's not going to be good. Exactly. I mean, I think we talk about all Ashkest enough. We have <laughs> we dedicate and, a little too much. And the time same phenomenon that. actually happened with uh, Artur Avagimian, our boy from exactly. uh, formerly Shakhtar, and yep. of course Kiram Kadimian, and so on and so forth. Hell, how could I forget one of Tito's favorites, High Kalstian from Hoffenheim uh, Academy? Yeah. They they hired him back to Armenia, and they wasted him. Exactly. So that's what so I mean by it, it, it. That's what I mean by that. It's a systematic issue. Definitely, definitely. So if you're a young Armenian uh, diasporan with solid, realistic prospect at a career in professional football, just know Alashkert isn't the best choice for you. Yeah, if a guy uh, named Bagrat comes knocking at your door, that's not a good sign. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't answer. Smoking a cigar and whatnot. Uh, okay, so Chadens, you there? <laughs> yeah, I would Let's, be. Let me hear your beautiful voice a little bit. <laughs> All right, me, Let's get tell on. Me what's uh, going on in Cyprus, Chadens? Well, Anorthosi played. Uh, uh, well, we'll uh, they've got the games with uh, um, Flora Tallinn. Uh, Hovo is still injured, but Anorthosi is. Somewhat covered. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're not really in a good position in the league. However, uh, from what I've read, they're trying to recover from their losses. Uh, so that's all I need, know. They, they definitely need. To they, get I back would on assume. Track. I'm I'm not much. Uh, to be honest, I'm not much of a uh, updated on their uh, squad. However. They would possibly need. I mean, uh, we we cover much of uh, Armenian football where we talk about Hovo a lot, and we know how much of an influence he is as a right back. His passing, yeah, his yeah. Uh, work rate. He is so. He is injured. He is still injured. He's recovering actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't. They, as you said, they're playing Flora Tallinn. I don't think they need him right now for that game because Flora Tallinn, although a good team uh, by Baltic Sea standards, uh, in Cyprus, Flora would be a low-table team. 
if not relegation. So hopefully Hovo will be fit enough and be back for domestic league clashes soon. But we want to talk about other com- uh, conference league results. First, we got Bodo Glimt from Norway as well, taking on Roma. Uh, mm-hmm. Henrik Mkhitaryan, our captain, probably won't be needed because of the team level difference. So Mourinho could just save him from four Serie A games. Possibly. We he could do that, yeah. Yeah, he will do that. He talk. will do that. He did the same uh, when United were in the Europa League. Henrik didn't play in the group stage. Yeah. Um, he'll do the same thing here. He's not going to play in the group stage. Why? Why would, you, yeah, why would you waste him? You know, he's he's aging at this point. He can't play that many games and pick and choose his games. You know. Mm-hmm. We got a lot to talk about. Speaking of Henrik, we got a lot to complain about. Actually, <laughs> but we'll leave that for later. Uh, last conference league game uh, concerning us in Armenian football is Karabakh from Azerbaijan. Don't call him Karabakh. They call him Karabakh because they are not Karabakh. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, uh, a simple way to explain is uh, for non-Armenian audiences. A simple way yeah. is, remember when Arsenal played uh, Chelsea in the final uh, in the Europa League in Baku? Basically, those stuff. Uh, he cannot go mm-hmm. due to being mm-hmm. an Armenian. That's exactly. the simplest way we can explain. Yep. Perfect. That's a clash uh, for next time to, to elaborate. Uh, we got to go back home, back home to Yerevan. Armenia under 21 national team had another qualifying window, another one winless qualifying window this time two losses one four against serbia this uh opening it up and one two loss against macedonia both at home it was kind of ironic has any any of you guys watched the games any of the games anything yeah i watched the serbia game i i didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to watch the macedonia game unfortunately um and the serbia oh, game was like peak armenian it was it was <laughs> wonderful. It was 80 you minutes. Were talking about what's unique. Yeah, it was 80 minutes of solid, good football. They looked like they were gonna get the winner. They scored a banging goal. It was like a cool free kick, like uh, training ground type play. Shawayan was having like a master class on the pitch. Everything was going great, and then suddenly the players stopped running. They stopped focusing, and they collapsed. I would say around the 70, 75, 80th minute. It was 80th minute because it was 15 minutes. Uh, Serbia scored three goals in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they won a penalty as well that they didn't convert. Um, yeah. So it could yeah, have been. And during the first half, actually, one of the key things that, in my opinion, uh, contributed to the team basically falling and, and, and breaking psychologically before physically was that they got a goal mistakenly ruled out before yes. the opener. I mean, it should have been 2-0. And, and the game is there in, in the FFA YouTube channel for everyone to watch. Uh, go to the Serbia game under 21. Around the half hour in, you're going to notice a perfect goal ruled out by the Icelandic ref. Uh but yeah, that doesn't make up for the fact that the team broke uh, when the, the game was about to finish. And they went from being 1-1 one, one 
in official terms, they're losing 1-4. And the second game was actually ironic because it went the exact other way around. Macedonia was dominating through and through. Armenia was keeping most of possession because that's how Armenian youth teams play. They play Tikitaka because of uh, Urato and Bakma academies. Uh, that's how they grow up. You know, they that's why they what they teach them. But what they don't teach them is to make the most of opportunities. Armenia was dominating possession, but Macedonia was clearly having the best quality counterattacks and goal situations. That's how Macedonia managed to get 2-0 up. Uh, besides, Macedonian players are... Even if when at young age, they already play it like pro big time European stages. You know, they are professionals at a very young age. And that doesn't just doesn't happen for Armenian kids. You know, uh, that's how it went. Armenia base barely managed to grab a last minute goal to reduce the distance, but it wasn't enough. I would so wish that they, they did on. more. Yeah, like, a lot to work on, really. But I mean, it's a long-term but, thing. But you know, it's it, it would be nice to see at least one win or draw or something. Well, you know? they already won. They they got a, a result here and there. Uh, it's a very tight group, by the way. It's a very yeah. tight group because even Faroe Islands is getting results ev- like almost every window. They're a very underrated team. Mm-hmm. And I th- I genuinely think there's a lot to work on. But, and this is a big but, no pun intended, a lot of stuff to be positive about. Um, yeah, so moving on to another Armenian national team. This time the women's national team. After the first competitive window in eight years, as we talked about during our previous episodes, and the first competitive game at home in Yerevan in 10 years, our ladies will now travel to Albania to play on Thursday 21st, same day actually as Alaskert against Lask. So <laughs> that's going to be a pretty uh, packed up day for us Armenian football fans. And then Women's national teams is gonna host Kosovo in Yerevan on Tuesday, 26th. So jammed up week for Armenian football challenge. Why don't you run us through the Armenian women's national team squad list? Coach Sanamian has prepared for this window. Let's go. Goalkeepers Lena Andrastrian and Susan Sirehanyan, who are both from Punic. Anastasia Klimava Yenisei, which is a Russian team. Defenders, Aniru Gassian and Nora Yerian, uh, with Maria Shakinova, three of them from Punic. Liana Razarian, Haya SFC. Uh, thank you for the shout outs, by the way, uh, on social media. Uh, An- Anjuta Galician and Nelly Khalatian, again from Punic, uh, which uh, they invested a lot in uh, their uh, building their squad, their women's nat- uh, their women's uh, squad. Uh, Chris, yeah. uh, Pavikian, Anush Arakelian, uh, both coming, being called up from Noravank. Tatiana Domatova from Yenisei, Russia, again. 
Christine Alexanian from FC Kharkiv, which is a Ukrainian team. Sini Vermilion, uh, thank you for your support again from social media. Uh, Blue Hearts USA. Midfielders, Nariter Magadichan, Luisa Gazarian, and Heine Chovikian with Annika Rabetian and Veronika Zadrian, all five from Punic. Marian Pedrosian from Noravank. Mm -hmm. Olga Osipian. Uh, okay, this is going to be tough to pronounce. A Ukrainian team. Zitlobut. Yeah, Zitlobut. Zilstroy Kharkiv. Nasie Avesian, who's currently a free agent with Anis Arkisian, both coming from the USA. Uh, and forwards. Anna Dalakian from Hayasa. Devin Agababian and Baizar uh, Asadarian from Punic, Maralatin from Castellon, Spain, Oksana Pizlova from Voshkod, which is a Ukrainian team. So we got a couple pointers to dissect over here. Uh, interesting to see a couple players, teammates actually from Yenisei in Russia, which is a club with, uh, I would say, solid ties to the Armenian community. Um, of course, MVP Annie Rugasian, that is on his, her later years of her career. So hopefully she'll pass on all that knowledge. And But you can't pass a skill, but she's the MVP in my opinion. Um, that's another thing I want to highlight is the midfielders. A lot of Punic players is basically going to be Punic midfield with uh, a very solid couple of uh, addings, like Captain Olya and, of course, the the two players from the USA that are super talented, Anis Akishan and Nancy Avesian, that actually plays a different type of football, if I'm not mistaken, guys. I think one of you knows about that uh, speed football table tennis football what was it oh yeah tech ball tech ball yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah yeah it's it requires a lot of skill yeah it requires a lot of skill but it's not 90 minutes football so i think that the best way to use Ani wow. and then <laughs> no it's for real i mean you don't play 11 against 11 and of course ani's talents are undisputed and that's what makes her a weapon, I think she should be the classic super sub type of player. What do you guys think? No, I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember the last time, uh, last semester that Nancy was uh brought in the national team, and it was always the same, she started off great and and. Over time, over the minutes, she would uh, kind of tune out of the team. It's You could tell that she is different in both the good and the bad aspects. So hopefully Coach Sanamian does use her in the best way possible. Um, and yeah, other than that, I want to highlight that we follow most of our players' campaigns. But Jesus, defender Kristine Alexanian from FC Kharkiv in Ukraine. This player is getting regular, and listen to this, she's getting regular women's national, uh, women's uh, champions league action. 
And that's a huge improvement in experience. We don't have any men's national team playing Champions League. We have one playing for the women's national team. We must definitely make the most of this. And and of course, I'm sure Christine agrees with this and is going to make the most of this. Will motivate the rest of the squad and carry many great lessons for such a young national team like ours. Which brings me to my next uh, focus point, not question, because this is a very interesting thing. 20 out of the 25 women's national team players are 22 years old or younger. Only four players are over 30. And then there's Captain Olya Osipian that is 26. So this is a long-term project. Uh, how important do you think this could play out in our favor challenge? And as a coach, how do you make the most of Pistinella Alexanian's experience as a basically Champions League player? Because that's what she is for our kids. The rest of the team are kids. How do you make the most of that? Look, man, I'm just a normal. I'm not even a proper coach, but uh, um, you got a license. Come on, don't don't play that. That doesn't matter, man. That doesn't matter. That's for U12s. Um, in general, I'll give I'll give an opinion on uh, the general idea of working on this whole project. Just like Anna mentioned it on our episode, uh, on our interview with her, it's gonna take time. That's that's a common thing to say, but it's 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 football. You really have to give it time. Second thing we need to look at is uh, the development of the team. We've got uh, this this kind of transfers, these things happening uh, with the Champions League football, uh, ladies moving to Armenia to play. You can see that it's these mini steps that should help out a lot uh, for the national team which uh, which brings me to another point a lot of them play in Armenia and a lot of them like loads of them play in the same team which is uh, specifically Punic so exactly this 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 can be a very big benefit I mean there are some teams obviously that have an issue that a lot of players play uh, abroad and they don't play together so they're not used to the same style but us as a as an Armenian, you know, national team as a as Armenians, it's difficult to have players. A lot of them playing abroad and then coming together and then working on one system, because one player can be individually good, but as a team, you need more quality together. It's it's very common for the core of a team to be all from the same club. Because like Chadan said, that cohesion that they get from playing week in, week out helps tremendously. Um, and it also sets the tone for the rest of your team. Um, I can expand this further uh, by talking about the men's national team, where if you look at the spine or the core of the Armenian national team, you see David Yurchenko. <laughs> uh, uh, Artak Grigorian and... Um, Oh my God, his name's escaping me right now because I just don't even want to think about it. Armen, help me, please. What do you want? What do you want to say? <laughs> uh, our I'm favorites, a, our favorite I'm, central defender. 
afraid. No, from yeah, all you don't even. Yeah, you don't even. No, let's get into that one. My brain doesn't let's, even want. To, anyway, so my, let's my, not the rip whole that point being, right right now. Well, know? the whole my point being, see the core of that that central core of Armenian <laughs> national team players all play for Alashkev together, which sets the tone for the rest of the team to be dog shit. So if you have a <laughs> core of players that set the tone to be good you'll have much better results. That That's my point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I want to bring up when we're talking the actual on-the-pitch performance in the case of the women's national team? I saw the last window, like both games, whole games, And I think that the biggest and most urgent issue as of now for Coach Sanamian to solve is basically having better quality in the build-up, better quality building the game from the back of the of the pitch, because we are having a lot, and I mean a lot, of trouble creating quality plays from the back of the pitch without a solid first pass. And actually this ironically mirrored this window for the men's national team as well, that we don't have, we didn't have a solid first pass. And then from that, the whole buildup, the whole team play, the whole performance in offense and possession crumbles. <laughs> that ironically didn't happen for the under 21 national team. Uh, And without, for instance, without quality goal kicks, without quality throw-ins, and overall without quality early build-up in the play, the attackers, such as Nancy, that could make wonders, Marat, don't even mention Marat, those players need good chances. Those players need good build-up. So, fingers crossed, Coach Sanamian is working on that. We shall see this week. Uh... We are really looking forward to that, to that one. But we got to move on to our breaking news around the globe. First off, I am so excited about this one. Uh, and we're going to bring in Tito for this one because he shares the same taste in football for me. Like uh, For the player of the month we're going to be mentioning, Tito, you're there. Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, okay, we got Vamos, some, finally! We <laughs> got some baby fever going on. We got some baby fever going on. And run me through our player of the month right now. Uh, Spertian got uh, elected player of the month at Krasnodar. So... <laughs> this kid. The only good Man, news. This the only good news. Ugh. Well, <laughs> the only good news. <laughs> Tito was telling me off the record we got another good news in terms of individual performances from another young Armenian. Yeah, I was talking about Shagoyan, but that was uh, from something that we already talked about from the under-21 national team. Yeah, future stars of Armenian <laughs> football. <laughs> Of course. Kentron, we called it, bro. We called it. I'm telling you. <laughs> speaking, of course. yeah. Speaking of uh, having called it, uh, we got to talk about Balti. Uh, well, not Baltica FC, 
but Volgara Strahan against Baltica in Russian second tier because the visitors that had Baltica has Ishangeloyan national team striker Ishangeloyan surprisingly national team striker nothing against him but they played against this uh, Volgara Strahan with two Armenian stars in their starting lineup uh no redundancy their captain is Artem Borosov which is a basically younger Ishangeloyan younger and I would say I would dare say better Ishangeloyan and already the team captain but their playmaker number 10 is no other than someone we know very well and I personally dig a lot for the way he plays Artem Simonian he scored a fantastic race against precisely Geloyans Baltica. Artem is, well, both Artem Simonian and Borosov have the same name. So I guess Artem Simonian is also a Spanish speaker. So honestly, they're both younger than Geloyan, the player they played against. They're both better. They're both performing fit and form the the reasons for them to be called for the national team instead of say for instance Ishan are countless which leads me to the question for you guys i open up the floor with those two and and we're getting into slowly to national team collapse and national team as a whole with those two artem simonian and artem also would they have been a better call-up for the national team than Ishan? What do we know? <laughs> right? We know zero. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, it's, I just, look. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you look at right. the pecking order of the national team, Artem Simonian is such a good player, and he should always be in the mix. But would I rather have him coming off the bench or would I rather have Shahoyan or Bichakchan coming off the bench? I'm always going to say Shahoyan or Bichakchan. Then what's the point of having this that guy in the squad? That's the question, though. Wouldn't I rather have an, a younger center back in the squad? It's I don't know. Man. I'm, I'm just so frustrated with this whole conversation about mm. squad players in the national <laughs> team. Not starters, squad players. Exactly. And how we keep pointing out how there are these good players with good returns playing at a decent level and they're just getting overlooked for mm. Geloyan, which just fucking baffles me. <laughs> what do you guys think? Tito challenge. I think that at least uh, for the offensive part of the team, we have a lot of options. So, um, I don't know how to it's say like, <laughs> it's like what, why uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what what I was uh, going to say. Why him? Because we have <laughs> a lot of options, a lot. And and there's also actually Eric Bartanian that I get it. He's a Spanish speaker from La Masia, Barcelona FC. Uh, I get it. He's an immense talent uh, with a huge potential. Technic, like relatively young at like 23 years old but 
is just not there. He's just not informed. He's just not performing second window in a row. Uh, I think that's another player that should be dropped. Let's be real. Yes. 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 I agree. With I you. agree. Yeah. Even though he's such a good player, he's technically gifted and everything, like he just said. He's just not showing the form to be. I mean, he he did score a penalty yesterday, but um, that's not the point. He just uh, he's not there yet, and I think he's not going to be there until he leaves Armenia. And I know he tried that already, but. Uh, well, yeah. his his transfer still does belong to Sochi in the RPL. Uh, yeah, he's on loan, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, he's on loan at Pinic, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I I honestly don't really, really, I don't expect much from him in the future with his injuries and stuff. I mean, he's and, healthy. He's staying healthy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with this kind of players, you you never know, you know. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. He has a contract until June 2022. So with Punic, but I don't know when his contract ends with Sochi. Oh, December of 2022. Yeah, no, he's not going back to Sochi. No way. All right. All right. So we got to go to basically the elephant in the room. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, disappointment? I don't think so. Uh, honestly, I was expecting what happened. And 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 I went over this in our spaces. Everyone was like, no, I mean, you're overreacting. We're not going to do that bad. Uh, I don't know. The, the lineup, the squad is all right, whatnot. But no, it's... Something didn't add up. Do you remember, Adam, when you asked me in our previous episode what sensations, what vibes the the the, the, the squad list gave gave me? And I said better than last time. Yeah, I remember. Well, that was it. I mean, I after that I elaborated and I said that doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it was a good lineup, a good squad. That just meant it was better than last time out, which was a disaster. So a 1-1 against Iceland and a 1-0 defeat at Romania is not a disaster. But it's definitely worse than what we should have had, knowing the real talent we have and, and, and that it could have been way better under different circumstances. What do you guys think? I think all of the fears that we had vocalized before this match came to fruition. The first one was uh, in, in Reykjavik against Iceland. We said you are going to fall asleep. This team will score on you. Armenia did a good job for 80 minutes. It was a tough game. Um, but the team was holding on. The team got the goal. Uh, it was going really well. You know, Lucas was playing fantastic. Some questionable substitutions, in my opinion. And then followed by a lapse in concentration. And that's all it took. And it's just like how we called it. Um, in the second game... 
we said that this is going either one of two ways. Either Romania is going to slaughter us 5-6-0, or it's going to be very, very close, and Romania is going to score one goal. And that's exactly what happened. And, um, and, and, and it's not for a lack of chances. I mean, the entire second half, I would say, Armenia was the better team. First half was the, was the worst half I have ever seen Armenia play ever. And that includes that game against Germany, honestly. I think they played worse in this. Um, yeah. And yeah, I see that. the second half was, I mean, it was as if life was saying, no, like you're, this is not happening for you today. And that's what it felt like. Because like we said, Henrik alone was given a goal on a plate. Uh, by oh, Lucas Zellerion, not and he, one, not twice. Yeah, yeah, I said twice, and he and he couldn't he couldn't convert either of them, and it, it was it, it was as if there was an extrinsic force saying, "Sorry, Armenia, not gonna happen." That's what it felt like to me. Or it also felt like someone who doesn't want to play for the national team. Oh, I, I, I'm interested. That too. Uh, <laughs> uh, Expand. Would you, Explain. Would you care, yeah. Would you care to elaborate on that? It, it seems that when Heno comes to play with Armenia, he's a completely different player than he's on Rome. So uh, the only explanation to me is that he doesn't want to play with us. <laughs> I don't know. I could uh, understand it uh, a couple of years ago when we had like zero team it was a disaster but now yeah, he no has cohesion. a team and he yeah. plays like shit <laughs> <laughs> well that that went pc went uh, and, and and clean language went right out the window and i'm all for that yeah yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, we just tell like, it like our it is, World Cup bro. chances right out the window. Uh, yeah, and I agree. That's mostly, well, not mostly, but a big chunk of the of the blame has go has got to go to Hanno because he is the captain, technically in, on paper. He is someone who's supposed to be responsible for a lot of what happens on the pitch. Yeah, and, and it just. And all of that responsibility is bad. Like, he ends up being responsible for the bad stuff, you know? It's, you know, there I understand having games where you create a lot of chances and you don't convert them. I understand having those games once in a while. But the amount of times <laughs> that that happens to us is ridiculous. Just in this cycle alone. That happened against Liechtenstein twice. Both games were yeah. identical. It happened against Iceland mm-hmm. and it happened against Romania yeah. in that second half. Yeah. You're talking about four matches where we, for the life of us, cannot convert. And it's not just Henrik. Sako no, three of those. Had Bro. That guy cannot convert a chance. I swear to God, you can give him a tap in, he will miss. That's where he's at currently in his form. He he, for the life of him, he cannot do a single thing right. Tigran Barcelona. To be fair, Sako. No, no, no. Let's let's dissect this. To be okay, fair, Sako was instrumental in that goal have, against Iceland. No. But you, he, how many games? 
okay, he has like 30 appearances for the national team and only two goals. You can't be a striker and have those types of numbers. I, I totally get where you I play in the system. I under, Yura had the same amount of games as Sokka does. But he's yeah, a very same. different type of player. But he's a he's forward. A very different. You're for, yeah, he's a forward, but he's a workhorse type of forward. He's not a box You're type. sounding like those Liverpool fans that defend Firmino for not scoring a goal. His job as a number nine is to score a goal. That's hey, the I'm thing. A he's not. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the That's problem. Sokka is not a number not, nine. The, the problem is Matt. not Sako. Uh, the problem is that, that uh, I don't know, we always talk, uh, I just said it uh, five minutes ago, that we have a lot of options uh, for the offense and we don't create chances. And when exactly. we create the few chances that we have, uh, Heno miss, uh, misses that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what but, happens. Uh, it's not that yeah. he he aims uh, far from the goal. He he can't even kick the ball. <laughs> Look, yeah, like wasted position, missed Look, passes, uh, missed shots, like sitters. I, I get that, but uh, we're talking about in terms of whoever is playing as your number nine, which that is Sako's role on the team. He does not convert nearly enough as he should be. He just doesn't. But that's that. That's the thing. A, he's but not a. Yeah, go Tito. No, no, no. We have to look at the stats and see how many chances uh, he's we had. create. That's a game. good idea. We should definitely deep dive into that. Yeah, that but would be it, a good idea. Like legit. Like let's be real. You have to think about how many chances Sarko has had, right? And honestly, uh. He does. He hasn't missed many chances because he precisely because he helps with the build-up precisely because he's not a number nine but rather a workhorse type of forward. He can score, but not that's not what comes natural to him the most. His role is other, is different, and that was seen when actually Heno was not in the squad when we won that on. Record-breaking undefeated streak, scoring goals over two goals per game, basically. And the one time we scored one against Liechtenstein, Sako was actually the MVP. I remember, literally, remember talking about Tito, like talking to Tito about Sako and the way he was like spreading Liechtensteinian defenders through and through, all by himself. It was like he was playing by himself, and he contributed to opening up the Liechtensteinian defense and the rest of the games he contributed to us scoring over two goals per game no hit on sight and sometimes with a number nine sometimes with no number nine uh the important thing is the team and Heno is clearly not a good fit for the team I'm not going to argue that because I agree. I don't think he's a good fit for the team. I think the team plays much better without him um, because the team plays as a team. Um, and we saw some aspects of that. And we saw when, you know, in in the second half of that game against and Romania, there, the, the game changer also, was Lucas. Yeah. Lucas, like, no. was, was making the yeah. team play as a team, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Sako actually was a great kind of, 
right hand for Lucas, kind of a secondary character, because in both uh, halves during this window that Armenia played the best were the first half against Iceland and the second half against Romania, right? Uh, both of them with a shining Lucas, with a shining Selarayan, no argument there, a game changer. But Sacro Adamian was actually the one with whom Lucas was syncing up the best. Never mind uh, Tico Parzajian, never mind Heno Mkhitaryan, everyone was there. But the man that Lucas understood the best in football language was undoubtedly Sargis Adamian, which leads, in fact, to the stat. The one goal we scored this window was an assist by Lucas and a pre-assist given to Lucas by Sako, by Adamian. Uh, Second half against Romania, the same. But this time, there was a a different someone-someone to miss the clear opportunity hand opportunities, plural, handed to him. Um, so yeah, no, we got to address, in my opinion, the, the the uncomfortable issues, the uncomfortable truths, and ask the uncomfortable questions because otherwise, oh, here we you, go, here we go. I got go. it for you. You wanted to bring up statistics? I got it. This no, is directly from. That, that's the thing. I don't. No, 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 I no, no. Don't, no, 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 no. You're talking about how, no, you want to talk about how many opportunities Sako has had? I have the numbers right here in front of me. So, <laughs> Sako had in, this is World Cup qualifiers. We're only discussing this World Cup qualifiers so far. He has what had 19. This, this one. Yeah. This he has, season. He, is, he has had 19 shots, five of which are on target. This is total so far. So, his mm-hmm. on target percentage is 26%. He has an average shots per 90 of three shots a game. And his shots on goal per 90 is less than one a game. So he's getting opportunities. He's just not putting them on target. Yeah, because he's not the natural number nine type of player. He is, though. That's literally where he plays no. for Hoffenheim and for the national no, team. No, it's, it's not. It's not. Yes, it is. He, he, no, he plays kind of like a three striking type with uh, Bebu and Kramaric, if he does play, which usually not, right now, after Honis got the helm, is not the case anymore. So he's got that problem going on for him at club level. And at national team level, he was doing great until Heno got in. And the whole team went down the drain when Heno got in. And a few other players, of course, returned. I, I don't think Sako is a problem because otherwise, with Sako on the pitch, we wouldn't have done as good as we did during that uh, undefeated streak in which Sako was one of the standouts for me, like hands down. No, Sako is definitely not the problem. And results are there to see. If you, you want stats, go over the results. Never mind the performances, the actual performances, when Sako was one of the best. Go to the results. Sako is there in every single one. It's not Sako. I have stats too. I have I'm stats. looking at Henrik's stats right now. <laughs> They're all. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. Tito, Tito, Tito knows Tito. the stats. <laughs> the last uh, win with Heno on the pitch was more than two years ago. It was the 4 2 against uh, Bosnia. And with yeah, him, for non for Armenian audiences, uh, Heno is reference to Henrik Mkhitaryan. 
uh, he he hasn't uh, won any game with Cabarros still, and from whoa, those whoa, whoa. that's six, that's a huge stat. From those, oh. um, sorry, seven games, I think. Yeah, from the seven games that he played, he draw five games and lost two games. And so basically, it's not that yeah, go on, go on. he played. I, I I don't know. He played against Italy, against uh, Germany, <laughs> and against Spain. So yeah, of course he can. You would understand that, yeah against those teams but he has a draw against Georgia a draw against Estonia a draw against Liechtenstein so of course the yeah. 6-0 with Germany was <laughs> completely understandable so we can't blame Heno for that loss no no of course but yeah the, the these stats are horrible <laughs> And, and let's be real. Last year, last uh, 2020, uh, the, the the semester of the Artsakh situation, we you, you mentioned the draw against Georgia. It was awful. I mean, that game. Yeah, it gave us a point. Yeah, Heno scored a penalty that he almost missed, by the way, and won by Geram Gadimian, my boy. Um, that game against Georgia was probably the worst. I had seen the national team play last year. We had a pretty good first window under Caparros in September 2020 and a great uh, season winning, division winning window in November 2020. Both of them without Heno. The one window in the middle, right in the middle with Heno was October 2020. And it was by far the worst in terms of performances. I don't care about the results. I care about the performances. And same happened this window, same happened last window. Now, 2021, second semester, no, uh, October 2021, September 2021, both windows with Heno, both awful performances. <laughs> I see Chadens' hand is raised. Would you like to speak, Chadens? <laughs> Because you guys would just keep on going, going, going. We gotta address this. What do you have uh, to say, well, Chad? Then I've got, I've got a question. Then, but then it's gonna cause a lot of more steer. That's okay. It's gonna open up a lot of. Okay, <laughs> fine. I'll it. just ask you then. It's a debate. Okay. That's if we've got is. an issue with uh, Heno playing, why don't we just not play him? I mean, we're not the coaches, but why? Exactly. Don't, why don't we just play him? That's why. Why don't we go That's to why. change.org and just. Sign a petition. Do a petition. <laughs> Start a petition. <laughs> that was good. Uh, you know why? It's a humanitarian they, campaign. Because in the eyes of international media, in the eyes there of national football, you can't drop the one player that you have that plays in one of the best clubs, in a top 20, top 30 club in the world. You just, there you go. And I, it's I have sadly. I have a fun fact for that. Uh, sure. Go with a fun fact. I love that. Uh, I, I already told this fact to you, but uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a question. Uh, which <laughs> one uh, would you say is the best uh, Japanese player in the moment? 
in the moment? Yes. Toyota. Uh, <laughs> the only Japanese player I could think of is Shinji Okazaki off the top of my head because he played in the Bundesliga and I watch a lot of Bundesliga. But I, don't I, 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 I wanted to talk about another Japanese player that is uh, Kagawa that played with Heno. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other he, United reject. I, I, I don't know if, if it's the best uh, Japanese player, but it's one of the... Yeah, it's uh, the one that got to the highest stages for them. Yeah, Honda, like Heno, Honda. he has he, he played with Heno. He has the same age as Heno, and he doesn't play for the national team. Really? So, how are yeah. they doing? <laughs> <laughs> they are third Good in their question. group and, <laughs> and fighting for a <laughs> playoff match <laughs> in Asia, but <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, if, they were, is, if they were top they, of the group, I would say, okay, there you go. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh but the God. thing is, uh, it goes further because they do not hesitate to cut a player, regardless of their price tag, if that player is not what's best for to the be team. Fair, to be fair, where Shinji Kagawa currently is in his career and where Henrik currently is in his career are two different places. Henrik's in a much better place in his career right now. Yeah, you're talking club career though. Yeah, There's club a career. Huge yes. divide. There's a and hell, anyone that hasn't got LASIK done, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, really, anyone could see that. Uh, there's a huge divide between Heno's form at club level yeah. and international level. Shinji plays for those wondering. He currently plays a Pau. Pau Salonica. Yeah. 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 Which which. Uh, <laughs> Make your breakthrough, and no, if not, get a loan. I was I was waiting for Odman to to start giving the reasons why Palk is a better club than Roma. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, because <laughs> I love Palk. Yeah. You're yeah, right. Ha- ha- speaking of, I mean, okay, no, we're Roma's Armenian, a much uh, better team. <laughs> we're not Armenian podcast, but uh, Honda Honda was also a fantastic uh, player for the yeah. national team. Played yeah, he was so. and stuff. Yeah, CSK. No, we cannot really compare us to Japan, but I'm just like no. saying, you know. Oh, well, Japan has made well. it to a World Cup. Japan has also hosted a World Cup, so. Yeah, yeah. but so definitely Kagawa, Kagawa, Kagawa played at that level for a way longer span of time than Honda. Yeah, I wonder when I the last understand. time he played for the national team was. Now I'm wondering. Wow. Um, oh, his numbers for Japan are much better than him. Well, they're actually and, about and the same. That. Well, they're identical, actually. 97 appearances, 31 goals. Okay. And I, and now it's over. Yeah, See, it's that, over. that's class. I mean, that's that's the right thing to do. Uh, but, you know, we're not Caparros and we're not the FFA. But Although we could be. <laughs> we should be. I don't know we if we could be. Yeah, we we definitely should. We definitely should be. Uh, guys, I want to ask this question to you. One positive and one negative aspect in general terms from the whole window. Positive, we're going to start supporting Japan. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. One, one more thing. One more thing about this Japan thing, because I just... Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Tito got me into a rabbit hole. So I looked at... It, there was a period of time between 2018 and 2019 where Shinji Kagawa was was injured and not in the squad. 
and Japan won on an 11 match unbeaten streak. Okay, Damn, uh, so uh, guys, uh, that, is there any from Roma to to hit Henrik basically not to you know um, allow anyone? him to? Come. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, if, let me get the phone call to Mourinho. Audience, yeah, if anyone if anyone in the audience is from Rome, uh, hit challenge <laughs> up. You know what to do. No, hit hit Mourinho up just to go and literally hit. You know, I would, Henrik with a baseball hit. bat <laughs> in the ankle. No, I, I would hit to? Mourinho as well. While we're at Yo, it. contact Norway. What are we saying? Oh, he's not gonna play. Never mind. All right, guys. Uh, what did you say? Adam, one you positive. Said? One positive and one negative itch. Adam, you you kick it up. I'll start. Okay, my one positive. The forced changes that were made, or some forced changes that were made, ended up bearing a lot more fruit than we had anticipated. Uh, I'm talking specifically of Dedderian at right back. I thought he was really good in both games. Um, I thought he was a a good example of how you can have a homegrown Armenian talent that can be good enough to play at the national team level. Um, I think, and I noticed on several occasions in both games, you know, a lot of the attack was focused on Kamo's side, but a lot in both matches, they decided to switch their focus of attack to the full, to the right side. And he was shutting everything down. And I was like, I was thoroughly impressed with him. I was very satisfied and, I and the fun zone was a thing. Yeah, and I, I just would be, I wouldn't mind seeing him start at right back. You know, considering mm-hmm. um, Hovo's getting, um, he's a lot oh. older now, and I think we didn't see much of a difference. He was very good going forward, just like how Hovo is, and yeah. he's very solid defensively. I think in terms of a long-term right back, he. Him and Jordy should be the two in the conversation. And I'm totally pleased with that. At least. And that's that's the thing. We don't like depth at full we back. Don't. Even at even at left back. The thing is, Kamo's the one that gets the playing time, but they're way better players than Kamo and many other players for right back. Uh to give both Jordi Hararat and David Tateriana a fight for the money yeah. as well. Well my my whole point was that this was a forced risk. It, he Kapados um, was forced to play someone else yeah. because Hovo was and injured, paid. and and I just thought if Kamo was injured and he was forced to play Jiro Margara in at left back, it would have been way better. It w- it would have been much better for us. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a good. Yeah, it was a like amazing. Good to brought it. Good to bring it up. What's your terms, negative? In terms of one negative, um. I the I was really really excited when I saw the initial starting eleven that we had against I Iceland. Think, I think I'm literally thinking the same thing. Go. I loved see like I thought like I saw the starting eleven. I saw the front attack and I thought, wow, this attack is gonna no, no. kick ass. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. And I my negative is that despite you know we we always talk about. We don't lack any depth in attack. We don't lack uh, quality in forwards. But our high-quality forwards haven't been converting those chances. And I think my one negative is the fact that we've only scored one goal um, mm-hmm. in what seems to be... Well, when was the last time we scored? We didn't score against Macedonia. Another and it was penalty a, against Penalty against, like, So 
so the last open play goal we had scored was the goal against Romania on match day three. So I wonder my, what changed. My my negative, and I've been harping on this for months now, is the fact that we cannot score a damn goal. Well, we at least <laughs> if you can call it a good thing, at least we know the way out of that. The bad thing is that we know it's not going to happen. Well, we, <laughs> I mean, hopefully by next qualifying cycle, Gorman Velian and Grant Leon Mamadova will be Bayern and Nantes first team respectively, and they will be on the Armenian national team. That's just where my prayers yeah. are headed. Hopefully, hopefully. And, and I could see how that could play out in leaving some uh, undisputed players out of the of the list challenge what's your positive and negative positive it depends how it progresses if the management team realizes this is that because we didn't have the young ones the the energetic ones the necessary ones the ones that football gentron team wanted means that in the next one in the next let's say in the next window it doesn't happen in the next campaign we do hope to see them if if that makes sense if that doesn't make sense i'll clarify it that doesn't make any sense okay because <laughs> <So, laughs> i just okay the the let's say bichakchan we didn't have him it's good thing that we didn't have him because now hopefully the management team realizes that we're missing out players like Bichakchan. We're missing out oh, players like... That makes sense now. Got it. Uh, so, I, I but but I it, it totally depends if, they ma- if the management realizes this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I hope it was a slap in the face. Yeah, you know? basically what I, what I literally uh, answered to Adam's takeaways, because we know what would take us out of this situation in a way, but we also know that it's likely... Not what is going to happen. What's your strictly negative aspect? The negative aspect is the the mentality, the mentality part. It's that mm-hmm. us as a whole, I realize that not just as a team, but as a whole with the fans, all of us, we nation, thought that... Yeah, as, mm-hmm. as a whole mission, we thought that uh, from the previous window, this escalated to this one, was that we have something to lose. And that's how the players played. It's as if, I understand that we had, we, 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 could, we, we lost the place that we could have been in, but thinking that you have a place to lose puts you in a vulnerable position in 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 your own uh, in your own thoughts you 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 think that you're going to lose this and then it's just game over it's not if you mm. fight back but the players honestly they didn't show that they actually fought back let's be honest so yeah this mentality needs needs to be I considered like, I like this I like the fact that you're bringing mentality up and I think it's a it's a circle and a cycle uh, this is a strictly sociological aspect, and I think that the better you do, the better you're gonna lead to. And, and 
we're allowed to talk about this though. Definitely. We, us as Armenians, we're allowed to talk about this. Why? Hell, because look at the Nations allowed. League. Look at the Nations League campaign. Look at the Nations League campaign. How many games mm-hmm. did we have that? Uh, firstly, how many away games did we have that were not at uh, the the home games that we did not actually yeah, play at home? We, and we actually one home game. fought back. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we played one home game, but the the other two home games we played abroad. How did we actually yeah. manage to do that good? It's because we actually had something to fight for. There was and a team second, mentality. Yep. And second, there were players who had family members who were fighting, who yeah, had just fought martyr. the war back uh, at that point. So we, we're allowed to say that the players has found something that that wasn't in them in this window. There must have been something that they were missing. And no, they didn't there was find no, it. There was no bullshit. There was no bullshit. Uh, and I'm quoting Tio here because there was no bullshit and, and everything was being done for the team. Uh, and uh, the players that needed to be dropped were dropped. And that's how we got what we got. And the mentality was there. The team was there. The cohesion, the performances, everything added up. Thanks to Cabarros, of course, because he saw that Heno and a few other players were not the right fit for the team. Now, Things have changed, and I'm going to get into that a little later. But before going there, Tito, what's your positive and negative aspects? I have two positives because uh, I didn't get to to say the first one uh, on the previous window. But it's similar to to Adams. Uh, and it's, one positive thing is uh, Tartaniam. I really like him. We definitely we have a right back, <laughs> and yeah, for for a lot of time. Hope I hope that he plays for a lot of time, and I want him. Yeah, he's I, very I, I, I don't want him near any post-Soviet leagues. I want him to. I like that. <laughs> to Western go, Europe. yeah, yeah, to Western Europe right now. And the other the, the best play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other positive thing is uh I think that Celarayan uh, uh I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, he's a really good player and we got to see that he's a good player and he will be a, a great fit in this team. And mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. same thing. I hope to see him play a lot of more here in the national team. Yeah, and and I would love to see what Lucas does under better uh, yeah. companionship. What's your negative? Yeah, my negative is just <laughs> that thing that you said. You're welcome. My my negative is only one name, Mexitarian. Perfect. That's my negative. <laughs> Summed it up, like literally one word. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot. The yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I think there's a lot of takeaways here, a lot of general takeaways. We will keep talking about these ones, uh, negatives, positives. For instance, uh, I don't know, wasting, having wasted Spertian's insane talent because the kid is like top five leagues in the world. And he took one for the team and 
played defensive mid, then against Romania started off playing 4-9 and then had to go back at defensive mid. Nowhere nearly uh, his natural area, playmaker, pulling the strings. He had to cover for Heno. He had to cover for Artak. Uh, that's not good. He's having the lion. Gregorian is having a dip in form and fitness. Also in center of the, in the center of the park, Solomon Udo had a, an awful uh, window. You can tell he was off, and his worst window by far, in my opinion. Uh, then, in more general terms, I think it's the second straight game after Liechtenstein. Now, Iceland, both we draw 1-1, and we were expected, and we knew it was going to happen, we called it, we were expected to have more possession, which we did in both games. And we played with Heno, Mkhitaryan, running the offense, as Tito said. Nothing personal against him. We played with someone who doesn't seem to want to be there. We played with no natural defensive uh, defensive midfielder with a naturally defensive mindset. So second straight game, we warned like the audience about the danger of having no defensive-minded midfielders. Um, the game was calling screaming for Muradian. And we didn't have him. We didn't have defense. We had the fun zone in defense. Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of takeaways when it comes to performance. We could go on and on, but I think the general, more important thing underlying all of this is that with no meritocracy and there is no success, if we keep choosing. In this are uh, my closing remarks. If we keep choosing our squad based on contacts, based on who's in good terms with whom, uh, rather than actually who helps out the team the most, who has actually the best cohesion on the pitch, who makes the best decisions, until we don't, we don't do that, we should face the fact that we will probably not reach any major competition and sustainable, decent football level. That's why I keep telling you, uh, guys, as long as we, some players keep being called, no, that's what happens. That's what happens behind curtains, that we won't have a team in the locker room. We won't have co cohesion. And say when someone that's clueless but well-intentioned, <laughs> well-intentioned soul could ask me, well, what if Heno wins us? any game like this game or that game well the answer is pretty obvious to me one or two good performances or one or two wins per year won't make up for the six years has been missing in action for the national team since 2015 think about that we are better than this we deserve better than this i think we are all on the same page and we all are aware of this which is more important so, hell, we need to demand better than this. It's not personal. We love him. We love Heno. <laughs> uh, one word. The way we he love said you. it's Thank not you. personal. It's not personal. We love him. He put yeah, him it's on not the like map, he knows us. On the, on the, no, no, but we're fans. And he put Armenia on the football map. But it's clear that he doesn't fit in the team. And it's been six years that it's been so. And... I, I personally, on my part, think it's time he considers stepping 
back or stepping aside and putting mom and Telly, even if mom and Telly pause from the national team, because those historical games, the nine game undefeated run, it was record breaking for the Armenian national team. That was a way different team than the team we're now seeing. Uh, and both in terms of personnel as well as occasion, the team that made history and broke that record through actual teamwork and cohesion and performances, which I constantly stress, those are the most important things. That team was a whole way different, even if 75% of the team of the players were the same. And it was basically the inflection point during the friendly window with Hano's kind of toxic statement that changed everything and backtrailed on the project that was being done, that was being built. Uh, it was a very visible rupture, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys remember and if you guys see it like this, but people, I think people are forgetting about that statement and how it changed everything with way much ease. And I think we deserve better than that. And I think we should not forget about those things because let's face it, we were building something beautiful. We were building something amazing. And now for the second window in a row, we called it and it happened. We are backtracking on everything that Caparros was building and the FFA, uh, President Melik Bekian was doing an amazing job. Everything is going away. It's being undone, window after window after window. It was a long-term project based on merit, cohesion, contribution. And it was everything uh, for a decent football fan we want to see. And until those changes aren't made again, and the damage is not undone because we know it can be undone. It's been undone. Hell, why not do it again? Uh, we're going to demand that, you know, our football in a way, it's a reflection of who we are and our potential is much better and definitely not mirrored by what we are seeing. We deserve better than that. So why not do what we can with each our tiny contributions to help improve that? Any last comments, guys? I think you took all the words out of the room. <laughs> well. It had to be said, you know. It had it to just be took said. out all the words from the whole diaspora and the whole <laughs> of Armenia, man. Not, not just the room. <laughs> we should hire you to give motivational speeches to everyone. I don't know if they'll go and motivate oh, or sad. I don't. <laughs> uh, both. That's the idea. I mean, when you ha- when you're sad and mo- but motivated, <laughs> you you work your ass off to change stuff for the better. Tito, anything else? No, no. Okay. Okay, Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Just, 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 no, no. just, I thought the guy okay. went to went to sleep, man, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's reflect on that. Let's keep complaining. Let's keep rooting for the women's national team that are playing I this. That week. already was a reflection. Oh my god. Oh no. Uh, the audience, I mean, and reach out to us. Uh, anything that you might think might help. Uh slide through our dms we don't bite for now unless you like that and only henno bites oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah henno henno 
Do the right Follow thing. Follow us on social media. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Suggest us any content ideas you've got, anything that we can provide. However, we can be useful as uh, uh, content creators of Armenian football, not just as a podcast. We're always available. Mm. We want to give more, produce more. Uh, so feel free to let us know. Please share, subscribe, all the social yeah. media all the support that things. you can give. All the beautiful things for Armenian football. Uh, this has been Football Gentron. And until next time, or as Charlotte would say, Debbie <laughs> Hachtanak. <laughs>